All right. We're making it happen. Don't you worry about that. If you are listening and it's actually gone live early, uh, don't you stress. Thanks for waking up with funny business. I don't know. I don't know. Have we done this right? (laughs) The last few times we've gone live in the mornings, it's actually picked up for those listening at home. It's picked up 10 seconds early. So we've hit the live button thinking we're we're Carl Stefanovic on, on today's show making it happen and we're just not. But Jess, thank you so much for waking up early. It's, it is a very, very early start, but stoked to have you on the Funny Business Pod. What's going on, man? Oh, thanks for having me here. Yeah, just just waking up, sinking into my morning coffee, my morning blurry coffee. It's an eight-bit coffee. Coming eight-bit through the- coffee like the burger joint? <laughs> no, no, it was just all blurred because of the... Uh, oh, the- yeah, I was going to say this, the secret coffee. That's an old happened? person joke, mate. You know, eight-bit graphics, you know, original <laughs> Nintendo... Sometimes I see those memes on like LinkedIn and stuff and it's like heavy like tech stuff. And I'm like, I see that people are digging it, but I don't understand it. So I give the old fake laugh like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're pumped to have you on the pod though. We are, we obviously caught up last week at the, before the turnstile gig and it was good to finally see your face in person, mate, and see that beautiful beard. And um, you've been moving and shaking this year. You've been off to a hot start. Um, seen a few posts of yours just doing the rounds maybe we can get into a few today but um just excited to have you on it's gonna be fun i like that hey eh? there's a few people popping into the chat i'm liking that hey eh? well welcome welcome if you let us know what you're doing if you're if you're still in bed if you haven't had your coffee we want to hear from you <laughs> drop your questions in the chat i'll be modding today so don't you worry about that if you write a question i'll fucking read it <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway yeah yeah well hey, done. so you guys just on a podcast, when we talk, if I say something, feel free for one of you two to jump in afterwards. That's how it works, yeah? Oh, yeah I thought you did this whole, when we were warming up, you did this whole monologue, right? So we thought this was just going to be the, the Robbie Hicks hour. We'd make a good show if it was. <laughs> you know? I think you'd, put a, you'd bore us all to death. A few more people would tune in if it was just a show about our Hicks. Don't you worry about that. But uh, we'll wait for a couple more minutes for a few people to jump in the chat. Today's topic is 100% viral. Going viral. Yeah. So a few people were just like going, there's a few jokes that float around in the inbox of around like uh, STDs and STIs and stuff like that. Yes, I get it. Um, it, it is very close to that, you know, but it's we're talking <laughs> about content. System. Get it out of your system. You know, you should have seen the inbox, Jess. I'll, I'll send you a screenshot later, but it just it went a bit bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that. Well, let's uh, let's make it happen. Seven thirty-four. A few people are in. Is uh, what are we looking at? Yeah, it's a good good numbers. Let's make it happen. Hey, big thanks to our good friends at MYOB too for supporting the boys. This is the second episode now that they've backed the boys of Funny Business, and uh, excited to get into it today. One hundred percent. Major, major sponsor. Look at you guys. Yeah, you, you see, you like the logo up there. We've been trying to get this like video humming, but it's been hard to sort of. Get it right. We've tried live, live graphics. We're rocking live graphics now. I feel. It feels like we've gone into. We've lifted up a level. A little bit. Yeah. We're very, very raw DIY for the first couple of years of doing the pod. We didn't even have video, and now we've got we've got live banners and stuff. So I'm feeling a bit stoked here. Jess. Next stage pyrotechnics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like a have like an entrance song when like the guest comes on. We've like maybe some like fireworks and stuff going off. Be like WWE maybe kind of thing. I feel like that would actually work though. You're the creative whiz. Like, where does your head go when you see all this? Like, like I'm I'm seeing all your stuff, and I feel like, how do you come up with like content ideas? Like, let's just get straight into it because I see you posting all the time on LinkedIn. It's always fresh stuff. Where do you where do you 
how often are you jotting shit down and all that stuff? Uh, I mean, the question of, you know, how, how do you come up with ideas is, is kind of like, it's a it's a really hard thing to, to quantify. Um, and like years ago, I, I used to run award school, which is sort of the main creative school that creatives sort of get into commercial creativity or advertising and that's like the first question everyone asks you and it's it's a hard it's there's no sort of science to it so it's kind of hard to sort of give um an exact answer on like where do ideas come from because it's almost like you know some one of your friends says something funny and then you quickly say something back it's like well how did you do that and you're like well i did not i just i just did it but i i think generally speaking um creativity probably comes from you know curiosity I think is a big thing just always kind of being curious of what's going on around you and what's going on in culture and um and just looking for sort of insights or cultural tensions I think I think that's generally the spark of an idea or or a thought is seeing some kind of you know, interesting or funny human behaviour or if we're talking about, you know, you know, viral content or content that does really well online or on social media platforms like LinkedIn, there probably has to be some kind of cultural tension. So, you know, I guess lately it can be stuff like, obviously, you know, there's heaps of back and forthing on AI going on and chat GPT. And before that, there was, you know, flexible working. And so just noticing that those cultural tensions exist and, and finding um, a point of friction that you can turn. And, and then you just find an interesting angle into that. Like it all exists. All, all those sort of points of tension and friction kind of exist. And then just finding maybe a funny or an entertaining way to come in at that if that makes sense do you just scroll like twitter and stuff to try and keep up to date with like trends or current things that's going on um look a little a little bit i i used to use twitter quite a lot and i've had a few sort of um twitter projects over the years like i don't know if you ever saw gov googles years ago that twitter account I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, was that you? Yeah, I basically made up that I I had the government's Google search history and was releasing it online, and I was just making it up. So and like I've so I've had a few Twitter accounts over the years, and I used to use Twitter a lot, and I I don't use it as much now, but it is it is a very good place to just see the current cultural zeitgeist, like everything that's currently being spoken about. Twitter is a fairly good place to find it um and if you're looking for things that people are like going to argue about it's a perfect place because everyone's very happy yeah. to share their opinion i'm a i'm a viewer on that platform and yeah. i feel like it's one of those ones where it's like i'm very stalkerish like i don't like i don't engage i just clip that out actually yeah you know? can just send that there. i just yeah, look I'm, i just I'm, read I'm, stuff i've always thought that about you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just read stuff on that platform and it's crazy because people like people care about so much like i, I feel like me and you don't like we don't actively have opinions strong opinions we're not like out there protesting i feel like i wish i cared more about stuff that i want to feel like i'm going to protest about stuff but it feels like on a platform like that everyone's protesting about anything oh the like the takes the hot takes on twitter on both sides of the fence are just out of control and and it's interesting to just yeah to to just see what what are the things that people are getting fired up about or, or what are the things that 
um, are, are generating, you know, an emotional response from somebody. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you see that and then you immediately start writing things down. But I think you just absorb it and let your subconscious sort of work away. Because often, often an idea or a new thought, it's kind of just two existing things that come together or that sort of collide together. So I think just being aware of all that stuff and being aware of all the conversations going on and then often, I mean, the idea will just sort of come at, at some at some point. Two, two interesting things will sort of come together. Um, Is it a learnt skill? Is it like one of these things that when people are trying to be like, we talk about creativity heaps on the pod and I feel like everyone is creative in their own way, but this specific one that we're talking about is like creating content or creating stuff that actually goes viral. Is that something that people can learn the skills to be more creative or do you think it's like, it's not an easy process? Um, I'd say probably, probably yes and no. In, in terms of initially, I, I agree with the point. Everyone's sort of creative in, the, in their own way. Cause like even, you know, a really creative accountant is creative. But but um, in a very different way than what we're talking about. But in terms of coming up with the type of creativity we're talking about, it's probably like really lateral thinking. So just seeing something and and really coming at it from an angle that the average person wouldn't. Um, do people? Does everyone have the natural ability to do that? I'm not sure. Like I I think that's maybe questionable in terms of can you develop that skill or can you hone or craft that skill I think that is something that you can sort of work on and there's there's a lot of different ways to sort of um say force creativity if you kind of have to which is what we have to do in like commercial creativity where you have to constantly just come up with ideas you can sort of put like the most simple method is, is just called the box method where like if you need to come up with a lot of ideas, get a piece of paper, draw 100 boxes on it and don't stop till you've filled them with ideas. Even if they're shit, just get everything out of your head. Just get every what? thought, every insight, every direction, just put it down on paper because it also just clears your head for new stuff to come in. Um, so there are ways like that that you can kind of generate more thoughts or ideas or even if you just write down 20 um insights about something that you're thinking about and then break them off into categories and then keep coming up with different more left of center thoughts under each one and then again soon you've got 100 ideas so there are things like that that you can you can do but whether you've got that natural innate ability to start with that's probably a a, a question that has confounded <laughs> humankind for a long time because you know they can't map creativity like neuroscientists have mapped every function of the brain but they can't map you know creativity as far as as far as i'm aware so it is a bit of an unknown how do you know when it's ready like how do you know when you've crafted the idea enough where it's like yeah i think it's ready to post that or you know like i see it as like a musician with songs and shit yeah. you know it's like oh when is it done when is it like I'm happy with that. I want to post that and see what see what happens. And are you someone to just look and observe all the time as soon as you post it or are you want to just like leave it and just come back later? Yeah, oh, look, it's a good question. And, I, and again, I don't reckon anyone really knows the answer. Like when is something fully ready? It's like sometimes people have a tendency to really overcraft and overthink things. And if you've got a real perfectionist streak in you, 
you'll just keep playing with something. It's it's the same as when, you know, sometimes when, when we're in an edit and you get to the point where you've looked at something 200 times and you're still making tweaks, you're almost like, well, you got to stop, man. Like, you, no, no one is going to watch it this many times. Like, so I, I don't know if you can ever truly tell. I think um, things are getting faster and faster. There's also not as much time to to craft things. And if we're talking about social content and things that sort of quickly spread online, a lot of it's really reactionary. So some of it, I don't really spend much time at all kind of honing it. It'll just be, I'll have the thought and then I'll play with it in my head a little bit. And then often I'll just write it, write it down, sort of tweak it a bit and then just put it out there. Like sometimes you've just got to see if it'll fly. Like you just got to push it out the nest and see either it catches or it doesn't. What uh, about backlash? Like what about if it does go well and then all of a yeah. sudden you're like, well, fuck, like it's gone a bit crazy. Everyone's got these crazy opinions. Like, shit, yeah, do I have I look, to defend it? Do I have to play in the comments and start talking now? Like what's the go? T- look, totally, man. The biggest one on that I can talk to is the those anti-tourism postcards we did during COVID. So like that, that was a real spare of the moment thing. So like I was a, a mate of mine who was, who was an art director was um, just, tr- he was trying to come up with some kind of COVID related uh, idea at the time. And it was hard, right? Cause it's a sensitive topic. So you sort of, you, you come up with all these ideas and be like, mm, I'm just, I'm not sure if that's right. And then again, something just happens in in kind of the world or culture and it was all these news reports at the time of people in Melbourne breaking lockdown and sort of fleeing to the country and all the people in the regional towns were just freaking out because they don't have the infrastructure they don't have hospitals they don't don't have anything there and they were sort of saying everyone just needs to stay where they are and sort of saw that and we were like fuck there's something in that because you know, this is this is actually it's not getting through, right? All the messaging, the official messaging and stuff is just not getting through, and and people aren't understanding the impacts on the other side. Everyone's just thinking about themselves and wanting to escape from Melbourne. So we had this thought of like, you know, when you go to different regional towns and whatever, they always have those little sort of kooky postcard stands in you know little shops and, and milk bars and stuff. And we sort of said, well, what if we wrote what if we made some postcards telling everyone to fuck off was sort of the short version of the idea because that was the vibe we were getting from from regional Victoria. So I I started writing the headlines and then um, my mate uh, Guillermo was sort of mocking up some visuals and then we sort of started sticking them all together and we went, yeah, this kind of works. Like there's sort of this really nice sort of art deco kind of look. But then when you, when you read the copy, it's like, oh, well shit. Like it's, it's actually, it's actually telling you not to come here. And then all we did, literally we made, I think eight of them or something. We just posted them on our personal Facebooks. So initially it was just almost like a a thing we made and we'll post it and our friends will see it and it'd be a bit of a laugh. And it went like within a day or two, it just went completely haywire. It went viral all around the country. Um, People thought it was real. So we had media outside our house. There was radio stations and TV stations calling up. People were, there were people from regional Victoria 
asking how this campaign was ever made and it just it just went it shows what happens when you can't fully control a narrative right so um it was mostly positive which was the good thing like I think probably 95 percent of all the comments were just like um really positive and from people in regional Victoria saying like you know thank you we've been trying to say this and no one will listen to us um, I won't go too too deep into it because I don't want to be too divisive. But we did unfortunately run into people in the media who whose agenda um, is purely to cause controversy. So to to your point, um, it got a bit dark when you know people would ask us onto radio shows or whatever um, and have all these good intentions on the phone call. The producer, then the second year on live, they were just basically trying to um, attack and, and undermine and, and sort what of... What are they hitting you with? Is it just oh, to drive just, clicks and eyes? Is it because what yeah, you're yeah, doing base, already base, is... Well, basically, they just wanted to get the phones ringing. So they would just, um, you know, they would find one negative comment and say, oh, this is this is you know, been really negative reaction. It's been really controversial. And you're like, well, you've taken, you know, 2% of the comments and you've said that, it's divided people do you know what I mean like the overwhelming response was positive um and we like we ended up having to make a line of merch because everyone wanted merch with all the designs on it and we gave all the money to charity like it was it was it was overwhelmingly popular but there were certain elements in the media that were like this has just divided everybody and they'll just pull out one comment right so and that's where we started going oh okay we just we've just got to be careful here because the the narrative is being lost like the reason we created this was was to get a message out that we felt wasn't getting out and we did it in a fun and entertaining way and that's how a majority of people took it and then there were certain people who went okay well this is an opportunity for us to whip up some anger and get the phones ringing um and that's the difficult part that that kind of messed with our heads a little bit and we sort of went we probably just need to back away from any media interactions um when we yeah yeah that 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 was the only negative part and then the ultimate positive though was once all the dust settled um the melbourne museum and the state library acquired all the artwork to put in their pandemic collections i'm not entirely sure what, what that is but they apparently they collected um you know all this stuff that happened during the, the pandemic that i think for some future exhibition i'm assuming they'll they'll include so it was it was mostly really popular but yeah there, there was a brief moment where um an element of it did spiral a bit a bit out of control um and you know in the middle of lockdown we went in the world's greatest headspace as it was so um that bit was difficult to manage and i guess you need to be aware of it yeah if you're going to be start making stuff that's like really um you know spreading to that degree that when, when there's a spotlight on you, it can go either either way, and it's it's a hard thing to prepare for. You you've had a few things that have gone a bit nuts. Could you remember the first one that was the what was the first thing? Yeah, what done? was the addiction? When did it start? When you're like, <laughs> hang on. Well, um, look, the first the first. So I I mean I I in my twenties I sort of was making dumb internet content a bit um, in terms of. What really went viral first was probably, so I I sort of got to a point where I, I wanted to be creative as a full-time job. So I was trying to get into a creative department, so to get into advertising. And I did award school, which is that 
course I was mentioning earlier. And then um, it's really hard getting a job in, in a creative department. I mean, only a handful of people every year will get one. So I was talking to agencies and walking around with my, you know, my little student folio and not really having much luck. And I, I luckily I had a mentor. I had someone who was sort of um, was one of my tutors. And he he said, um, Jared Lowe's his name, really, really great creative. And he sort of said, look, forget your student folios. Just do something that gets people's attention. Like just do something. It doesn't even have to give me anything. And I mean, it's easier said than done, but that sort of stuck in my head. And um, it's it's so random, but we basically, we bought a new barbecue and my, our old barbecue was like sitting rusting in the backyard. And my uh, my wife kept sort of saying, can you get rid of that barbecue? Like just put it on Gumtree. And I went, oh, I just don't want to write a boring Gumtree ad. So maybe I'll, I'll try to write a really funny Gumtree ad and maybe I can put that in my folio. So I wrote this ad called The Enchanted Barbecue. And I put, so I pretended that I'd bought this barbecue that had all these mystical, magical powers and wrote this ridiculous Gumtree ad and posted it. And then I think I woke up the next morning and my phone had just gone absolutely bananas. And I had like 200 text messages and emails and it had just, it had already started ripping around the world. Um, like the mar- the global marketing director of Google had like tweeted it. It's like, it just went completely bonkers uh, and then I used that to get a job. I basically PR'd it to like the advertising industry. Um, and so it was, you know, junior creative trying to get a job and has written this viral Gumtree ad. Um, and then that's sort of how I, I got um, my first job in, in an agency was off the back of that. So that was probably the first, the first thing um, that went off to that degree. How, how important is like, getting it out there then like you, you mentioned a couple of times even the other one like sharing to your own personal facebooks if something's yeah. good does it get out to the world or like how do you make sure that initial post if you don't have say if you're say you're a brand you don't have a big following you have an audience how do you get whatever you think is good seen enough it's 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 a really good point and um i guess you've got to you've got to find some some kind of engaging platform so I think like there's there's no magic um science to this, but in general, I think like the steps broadly, the first thing is find that cultural tension, like you know, find that thing that will get people to share it, like something that's in a discussion they're already having. Then add a creative layer. So add your unique creative layer to it that that someone hasn't done. So you've, so the tension exists already and then you're adding an interesting creative layer on it. Now, whether that's, you know, a meme format or a piece of writing or a video, like, I mean, that's really, that could be anything. Then you've got to put it on some kind of plat- engaging platform where it can be shared. Now, that, I mean, that could be anything, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, you know, Google, um it, it like it, it can be it can be anything instagram what whatever's sort of whatever suits the idea and then to your point where you just got to push it out and, and it and it might not work like most most ideas most ideas are shit like, like have you had any have you had any really good ones where you're like this is going to catch fire and it didn't yeah oh yeah there's some there's some where you're like oh man i remember i did one years ago that 
um, in the earlier days of Instagram, when like, remember when everyone was putting hashtags on, like crazy hashtags on stuff? I started this blog, I might have even been on Tumblr, Tumblr days, called Hashtag Trainwreck. And I would like find these, like just the worst hashtag lists you've ever seen. Like people taking, you know, selfies at like you know war memorials and what and like and or, or like at a funeral like so you'd find someone taking selfies at a funeral going like dead grandpa rop grandpa what like, and you're just like oh my god is this like and and it was just like a train wreck of hashtags um and i started this blog and, and it like it got a bit of early traction and you know people thought it was really funny but it, it never like it never launched off this kind of middling following and it might have had I persisted with it it might that's the thing sometimes it's not always quick some things are a slower burn but I I get impatient and I just move on to something else if it if it doesn't quickly take off so oh there's there's been there's been kind of plenty oh another one I did was i I programmed a bot years ago to come up to remake movies it's called like the movie reboot bot so I put in all these elements of like, you know, different movies and different plot lines and different actors and stuff. And then it, it would just like do, you know, a reboot of Predator, but it's a musical starring Harry Styles. And what like it would just come up with these ridiculous reboots. And again, it was pretty funny and people really liked it. And even some people in the film industry started following it, but it never it never really took off. And I was always like, oh man, I thought I thought that one was a banger. So you just never know. You, you never know. So you just have to keep trying things. Um, and if it fails, just whatever, try something else. Well, you got one at the moment. What is it? Bands in the Herald Sun or something like that? Oh uh, yeah, sick band names in the Herald Sun. Yeah, so that, that, that basically I started that because when AI came out, like Mid Journey and Dali and everything, it's obviously an amazing technology and I had started using it, I think reasonably early, but it was just aimless. I was just putting random shit in there just to see what it would make. And then I was sort of like, no, I kind of need a point to this. Like I'm kind of just putting whatever in for no reason. And then this was actually a game I used to play. So in an agency I used to work at, they, they would get all the newspapers in in the morning. And when I was sort of making a coffee or whatever, with one of the other writers there, we would play this game, Sick Band Names in the Herald Sun, where as we were sort of waking up, we'd flick through the newspaper and go, oh, you know, um, you know, drug bust, that's a sick band name, and just sort of find all these band names and, and, and we'd almost make a festival lineup out of whatever the best band names were in the paper that morning. So I just sort of, I just remembered that. I went, oh, that was, that was a funny game we used to play. Or what if I made album covers? for these bands that I'm discovering in newspaper headlines, then that would actually give me a reason to explore this technology rather than just aimlessly entering stuff in. I'd open a paper, like the, oh, I did one the other day and there was something that said Doomed Plane. And I went, that's that's a really funny like death metal band name, Doomed Plane. So then that gives me a reason to play with Mid Journey, right? So I'll go in and I'll try and create, and, and I'll have an idea and I'll put it in and then it'll go off on some other tangent but so that was more that initially came as a thought to um just give me a reason to explore 
that technology and that sort of creative expression and it just became a little bit of an exercise to do in the morning of what what album cover can I make out of this newspaper headline and it's got a reasonable following I think it's got like 1600 followers or something now and there's a lot of bands following it which is quite funny um so I'm gonna I'll, I'll I haven't been doing it every day like when I started it's more every few days now because I'm a bit busy but I'll probably keep doing that one whether it you know quote unquote goes viral or not but because it's just a fun exercise um and that tech's not going away so we've got to learn how to use it question coming in from elise if you haven't checked out checked out episode last week with elise who jumped on 100 e-com her question is how do you deal with the expectations about going of going viral from projects slash clients um yeah this is kind of a, a, a funny one like and anyone who's worked in uh, advertising or marketing it's it's almost like an in joke when a client has a brief and they're like make something go viral because <laughs> because you, you don't necessarily start with the aim like to go viral is an outcome do you know what I mean it's not it's not like you sit down to come up with an idea going oh how do we make it viral because what what is, what exactly does that mean and what are the parameters um, and then quite often, even if you do, the, the client is is going to reject an idea that has the potential to go viral because they're kind of afraid of it. So it, 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 it's, look, it's absolutely um, a conundrum and and it, it doesn't happen that much, to be honest. Like mo most of my work that has gone, <clears throat> say, gone viral or been really popular has more sort of been side projects that I then use to get other commercial work. Because in in Australia, Australia is surprisingly conservative when it comes to um, advertising and marketing. When you compare a lot of the work that comes out of here to like the UK and the US and and other parts, and it's South America does incredibly creative work. Um, we're more conservative than we like to think. We see ourselves as these laid back, you know, kind of jokers, but uh, we're out, the work we do commercially could could be. Uh, a lot more out there and a lot more fun and, and a lot more edgy and and that's I'm always trying to do that but it is it is hard finding a client that's willing to do it so I think it, it look it's a hard question to give an exact answer to because I don't I think if someone asks that th there's more questions to be asked do you know what I mean like what what are you actually trying to achieve here and what, what are you actually tr trying to do because the viral bit is an outcome it's not like it's not really where a brief or an idea or something starts. Like if you're working with a client, usually there's a problem to solve or so you, you have to backpedal a bit to find the real story. So I know that's a boring answer. Um, and another question's coming in, Jess, you'd like big, big Mikey boy. He's a, he's a good man. He loves the psychedelics, loves the trance music. He's a, he's out there. He's one he's, of a kind. He's old doof, doof, doof and no stress about that. But his question is how do we make Aussies more laid back? Oh geez, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure the answer to that one. Um, <laughs> That's a tough one. 100%. Yeah, I, look, it, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's something that has, you know, I think confounded me a little bit in the terms of, I think we do generally have a pretty good sense of humour, um, and we punch above our weight in a lot of stuff, man. Like if you look at how we, especially in creativity, like we have a real brain drain where heaps of Aussies end up going overseas because there's better work over there and they're more willing to do better work. And, you, and you know, how how we 
get that um, happening here at a commercial level. I'm not. I'm not too sure. There, for some reason, there's just there's a lot of apprehension and there's a lot of there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of overthinking. Like I still remember once years ago, I presented a script, um, and the client laughed, and then asked, you know, do we need to research if Australians like humour? And you, just, what do you say to that? You're like, do we need to research? Do we need to research? Should I be like, here still? Do you want me like, to leave or like what? Do you, do you really you need to research that? Like, so it's it's kind of. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I, I think there's a famous saying, you know, George Lois, who's an old school advertising legend, and I might be fucking the quote up, but he he always said, you know, clients think they're skating on three inches of ice, but it's two feet thick. Like, like really, what's the worst that can happen? You know, if if you put if you put out a weird funny ad out there, either people are going to like it and think it's really funny, or well, if they don't, we'll do something else. Like it's or, pe- or people might steal it, you know, yeah. and use it as their own. Yeah, it's like it's not that big of a deal, but for some reason, there's there's um there's a lot of fear in the business world. I think if you were to really um distill it down, I think a lot of a lot of um big businesses in corporate culture uh, is really driven by by a lot of fear internally, and I don't think it really helps anybody. To be honest, I don't. I don't think it makes the work better. I don't think it makes work environments better, and it's not that big of a deal. Like whatever you're doing is not as important um, as as everyone's making it out to be. And it's the same in our same in the advertising world as well. It, it, everything's way more um, serious than, than it actually is. Like we're just we're just making ads for toothpaste. It's not that big of a deal. Um, it, well, what do you do when people actually do steal your ideas? Because that happened to you this year yeah. earlier. Like, you want to explain that situation because it's a bit fucked up. Do you? Do you not? Uh, look, it's, yeah, it's it. Look, it it happens, man, and it's it's weird on the and LinkedIn's a weird place for stealing content, right? Like, especially when it's like a seemingly personal story. Are you see, like someone will post like a personal story, and then twenty people will just repost. I'm like, what? I don't know why someone would do that, but yeah, the stealing content thing. I guess it comes from um, what's the purpose behind what you're doing? I guess there are some people that just want the likes and the clicks and the interactions, but to no end. Like, it, I guess they seemingly want those vanity metrics, but there's no actual strategy or purpose or, or reason behind doing it. Um, the, the thing you're, talking, you're referencing is um, I did this stupid post about the, the Mac mouse uh, the Apple mouse that you have to charge upside down. Um, and I, I've never thought it would go, it would spread like it did. Cause I was just sort of, I think I'd said something like, again, I find myself staring at the worst piece of design in human history. And it was just an off the cuff comment. Cause whenever I charge that mouse, I sit here looking at it, just going, I, I, I can't believe this exists. It's just, so it was just an off the cuff joke. And it, it went crazy viral on LinkedIn. And then very strangely, the, the VP of innovation, which is the funniest bit, having that title um, at Vice, like took my literally exact picture of my mouse on my desk and then reposted it sort of as his own content and blocked me. So I, I so I couldn't see that he'd done it. Weird behavior. Like How it's, odd is it's that? like it's not that big of a deal because it's just a picture of a mouse, but you do go like, dude, what like what are you doing? I don't it's such a strange thing to do. Um 
and and that's and that's this uh, yeah you can't really do anything i think you just have to you just sort of have to let it go and move on because i suppose i guess i just know i can always come up with other stuff this person obviously can't um i can always come up with other ideas and other content um if it's a meme or something it's not the end of the world i suppose if someone starts stealing your stuff and then commercializing it that's that's a bit different like uh, that has happened to me like um yeah i don't know if he's still around but remember the the fat jew big instagram dude yeah, yeah. he stole my shit all the time um and that guy and the other and fuck jerry as well i'm pretty sure as well and because they monetize their content so that you do go that's a bit shit like so that kind of stuff I don't know. It's, I a, guess it's a weird balance. Oh, they're sick. They like my work versus, oh, sick. They like my work and they're getting paid for it while <laughs> I'm sitting here doing this work. Yeah. Well, I think it also when they don't credit you, because they call themselves curators, right? That's the way that they try and defend what they're doing, but they don't, but they don't actually often credit the person that they're, they're curating, ACA stealing their content from. So e even if they're taking this line of, oh, I'm just a curator and I'm giving your work to, well, so then acknowledge where you've lifted it from. Um, I 100%. think, yeah, I think that's kind of the the issue. Um, like I'm a fair sort of anarchist when it comes to art and stuff. I don't, I don't think there should be a lot of rules. I don't think anyone really gets to define what is and isn't art and how the art world works. But if you're taking other people's stuff and monetizing it, I reckon the absolute bare minimum you can do is then promote whoever created that in some way, shape, or form, uh, and they often don't. So that's, I think, where it's kind of crossing a line into a, a murky territory. But there isn't much you can do about um, people stealing that kind of content online because I guess you're just putting it out there. It's a meme. It's in, it's in the world now. Another question coming in from Mikey. Has cancel culture made it harder to launch campaigns now? Before you answer it, if you have any other questions, we've probably got another 10, 15 minutes. So drop them in the chat. Uh, we've got the great man, Jesse. He's been rattling off some gold here. So if you have any other questions, um, drop them in the chat and we'll get to them before we wrap up. But go for it. Has cancel culture made it harder to launch campaigns now? Oh, God, it's a, it's a Pandora's box. Cancel, what, what, what is cancel culture really? Is it really a thing? I don't know. Whenever I hear someone talking about cancel culture, it's normally someone saying that they've been cancelled on three different TV shows, two different radio shows, a podcast, and, and every other platform, which says to me that they haven't been cancelled at all. Um, so, like, uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how to respond to, like, cancel culture. If maybe the question is um has everyone gotten perhaps a bit more sensitive uh, about stuff it I, uh look it, it maybe just means that you have to you just have to think a bit more about how it might be perceived i don't necessarily um think it means you can't create stuff and you can't do stuff it's the same as you know you, you have old school comedians you know like the Ricky Gervais and the Dave Chappelle's of the world who are legendary comedians but are now sort of taking this stance that comedy's dead and you can't do comedy anymore and they're being paid $60 million on Netflix to say it. So uh, <laughs> I kind of I kind of think the whole cancel culture thing is fairly overblown when you when you look at it that way. But um, 
I think there's just there's just been a sh- a shift in perhaps some of the power dynamics in in you know the the media and and the creative world in where it was all dominated by mostly old white dudes so there were certain things you couldn't couldn't say and now that's shifting and and perhaps rightly so there has to be an adjustment to to what messages and what content goes out there so i know that's sort of a, a different deep answer but i don't necessarily buy into the the cancel culture narrative the same way that that some other people do i think perhaps you just need to be cognizant um of how what you're creating might be perceived and, and probably more so how it could be conflated from there similar to the postcard idea where there was very little backlash but but some people sought to light a fuse under that. Um, so maybe you just need to be a little bit aware of that. What about some of the brands you like at the moment that are doing this sort of stuff well? Do you follow, like I'm sure that you keep up to date with a lot of things. If you see content go well, you're looking for, you're out there hunting for that sort of stuff? Yeah, I look, my favourite brand at the moment by far and wide is, is Liquid Death. And it, I know it gets spoken about a lot now but i've been following them for a long long time um and a bunch of ex ad creatives basically sort of living the dream in terms of they just kept having their great ideas knocked down by clients and eventually had to go fuck it we need to start our own brand and i i totally get that like i have a bottom drawer full of ideas i know that would have sent things to the moon and clients just didn't sort of have perhaps have the backbone to run with it so um they've done incredibly well and they've done it all via brand like there's it's all brand there's no you know it's not programmatic it's not facebook ads it's not heavy retail it's just they are just building a brand um and it's in the space of three years it's worth i think about 750 mil now and it's just water it's just water in a can but the the brand is is amazing and they so all the content they do is is entertainment so like they're not setting out to make conventional ads and that have to be this length and they have to have a call to action and they have to have like they've sort of they've sort of just ignored the rules and just created their own rules and and people love it and that's why it stands out because um the world of advertising and commercial creativity is mostly a sea of same because everyone is trying to follow these same conventions and follow these same best practices but that means that everything looks and sounds the same right so um they've just gone out created entertainment they've done really fun crazy you know collaborations i think they put i think they put tony hawk's blood in a skateboard deck they gave steve-o a water tattoo um they made a, a nixon watch that just had a big bloody axe spinning around it as the like stuff that if you presented to any other client would just go well this doesn't fit in our brand guidelines whereas they've <laughs> they've just gone and done it and are, and are reaping the rewards um there are pe- there are people who are wearing the merch there are people at music festivals and stuff that want to be walking around with a water can because it's just a sick looking can like they've 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 really really done it um incredibly well and they've done it by breaking with the conventions that are often holding us back rather than than helping us out can you can you go viral doing safe content and not playing on the edge? Like not not sort of finding that, like you mentioned earlier, like that tension point. Can you 
It, what, is there boring sort of content that does go viral? Is, is that even possible? Well, I guess why, I, I don't know, like why would you share something boring? Like why would you send yeah. your mate something boring? Do you know, like, and and this is, it's kind of what frustrates, I guess, a, a lot of um, creatives in the sense that like the, the default position of the average person or consumer when it comes to advertising and branded content is that they don't give a shit. Like that's the default position, right? Like you're you're not getting up every morning going, "What ads can I look at?" You know, like <laughs> it really Except you're kind you. of you love it. <laughs> <laughs> like really, you're trying to go about your day, and, and then you know brands are sort of interrupting you, right? So it it has to be worth people's time. Like you're you're stealing people's time from the other stuff that they're doing. So it has to be worth their time, and I think you need to just remember that you're not starting from this engaged captive audience that really wants to look at what you're making. You're starting from this default position of they don't want to look at it. So you've got to drag them a really long way. So, so you have to, you have to be entertaining and you have to be engaging and you have to give people a reason to want to stop looking at whatever they wanted to do and look at what you're doing and and that you know going that's why you know liquid death's so great because they are trying to create entertainment they're not trying to create um you know boring ads